0: Hello, I'm Andrew from RO Video in Wellington, New Zealand, and welcome to episode 13 of Back to the Disc Player, the RO Video podcast. It's inspired by our Adopt a Movie scheme, which enables film lovers to purchase an exclusive lifelong affiliation with a title in our library or an acquisition that we may not have. It's where I get the privilege to talk to our customers about their personal connection to the film or films they've chosen to adopt, and for us to find out a bit about them episode 13 is certainly unique uh, while at the same time of universal interest for we all might need her services one day it is with fiona king who happened to start her own funeral directing business only eight years ago after wondering what to do next after raising a family when she adopted 10 films about the subject of death and funerals for her company Broadbent in May, I was indeed intrigued and very much looked forward to talking with Fiona, and I was not disappointed. So I hope you too enjoy this fascinating discussion with my guest, Fiona King. Welcome, Fiona, to Upstairs at RO Video. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me, and thank you for the opportunity. Really appreciate you,
0: it. You are welcome. I think um, I remember seeing you. Uh, strangely enough, you, you are the third podcast guest, in the, of the last four, to be present at Jeff Murphy's funeral. Yes. Now, um, which is something we're going to talk about quite a lot. Okay. The F word. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> right. we've talk, we've talked Jeff Murphy on on, on other episodes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but i uh, that, that, was, uh, that was quite a coincidence. In fact, I came up to you and said, um, I didn't say, what are you doing here? Because I kind of knew what you were doing there. You, you looked like you were in charge.
1: Uh, good. That's a good impression. <laughs> but it was
0: nice to see you. And I said to you, just casually, you know, interrupting you in your professional capacity, mm, to say, mm. um, I've got you earmarked for episode 13 of the podcast. <laughs> and um, that, I thought... Um, was appropriate, but I don't know if superstition is something that um, that you deal with no, uh,
1: often. No, 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 I don't, I don't. Do you deal with
0: glib humour often?
1: Uh, very black humour, very black humour, but superstition and sort of ghosty things and things like that I've decided just to ignore and be very ambivalent about.
0: Right. I don't yeah.
1: like. Well actually no the, the, I did sort of start off with a bit of a superstition, well, Not a superstition but um, when I first started the business I had uh, for a funeral I'd wear a particular outfit and then the outfit sort of started to get you know I wasn't kind of looking quite as sharp as it was and mm. then there was that kind of you know like not having your red socks on or something yep. like that and I was like oh was this going to be a calamity but in fact actually I do have a a paper bag. It's a it's a shoe bag from a shoe sale that I do end up cutting. Cause I um ended up being a, end up being a bit of a bag lady when I'm mm-hmm. going to a funeral because there's so much, you know, many things that you need to bring about yep. like technology and laptops and sheets and all this kind of thing. So this this bag has been with me at every. It's falling apart. So uh, there is, there is, I mean, I have to admit there is a bit of a... a So you're holding
0: on to that bag. I I do, I do, I do, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, No, so there was, I mean, if it was coincidental that you were episode 13, Mm. I might be, you know, Mm. I might think, oh my gosh, Mm. but uh, no, No. I contrived it that way. Um, So you are um, the director Of Broadbent and May? What's your capacity?
1: Um, Um, Yeah, I can be anything you want, really. What do
0: you call yourself? Uh, What's on your card?
1: I I would go, on the card it says Funeral Director, Um, but I set up the company about um, eight years ago, and just just deciding or feeling that there was um, an opportunity... To maybe just uh, look at the business in a slightly different way and offer just just um, uh, a different service.
0: Certainly, but that's not something you just you know uh, you know you're looking for a job, looking for a business to get into, and then just put a, a you know a, a finger onto the map or into the phone book. I mean, there must be some. Uh, prelude to your decision to become a funeral director. So I'm very intrigued about that. So,
1: well, actually, what got you not. into the game? <laughs> sadly, sadly, there's not. Um, a lot of people, when they talk about getting into the industry, they they describe it as a calling, hmm. and it, it it wasn't really. Uh, I had just got to a, a stage where I'm sort of looking at what's next, and had read up. Um, I had heard about a company uh, called State of Grace in Auckland who uh, were the kind of pioneers of setting up a sort of smaller, kind of, you know, f- more family directed concept of funerals. Mm. And uh, I found them very, very interesting. And then from that started off an interest from there uh just reading more and more and more about the subject and getting sort of sucked into this um this topic and reading all sorts you know going to the library and reading all the books i could find on um you know uh, funerals and and arranging funerals and celebrants and and all that w- were, sort you of l- were
0: you looking for a business opportunity or were you looking what you you know Well where, i was just looking
1: where, i was kind of looking for the next Thing for me to do, yeah, sure, and yeah. and I'm really lucky that uh, this my perception is that the skills that are needed for a funeral director, um, I seem to have them. Right. Well, I hope yeah. <laughs> I seem to have them. Sure. So, so it, it's been a really, really good fit for me and the way I operate.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Broadbent and May is is not. Uh, Conspicuously not your name. No, no, no,
1: it's not. So the reason behind that uh, is um, king is a a suffix, and it's a pretty hard suffix to put with anything. So, (laughs) (laughs) and even with names. So um, when I was looking at naming the company... Uh, the inspiration actually came from... Actually, I was sorting out something to do with my grandmother's will on my my maternal grandmother's will and noticed that her middle name was Broadbent. And I kind of liked that because when I was naming the company, it was kind of before everybody was doing Google searches and people were still probably looking at the yellow pages. Yeah. So alphabetical was still a little bit oh, king you know, at that point. Hmm. So I wanted... I like the idea of being in that part of the alphabet, it's mm-hmm. sort of near the beginning of the listings, but not to be aardvark, which sure. I just thought was, you know. <laughs> on the nose. Yeah, or Acme or something like that. Um, so, broad-bent and, uh, so Broadbent, and then uh, May is my uh, paternal grandmother's middle name, and they I think they just sort of sat quite right, nicely together, right. and That's I just so like the intriguing. idea of these grannies kind of yeah. looking down at me, who I didn't have an awful lot to do with because they lived in the UK and and, you know know, this nuclear family in New Zealand but yeah I just sort of like the idea that maybe
0: I kind of had this picture in my mind of two kind of avuncular gentlemen you know probably no longer with us yeah you know that had passed down this
1: uh two little ladies uh,
0: yeah yeah sure Two little ladies. so, so there's another partner as well it's it's not not no, no,
1: no. It's, just, no. it's just me.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, I see two little ladies. I see what yeah, you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah, yeah. yeah. looking down yeah, on yes, you. Yeah. Yes, you, Yes, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's interesting. So, um... You, you dub yourself a contemporary funeral company, um, and you would have to be a contemporary funeral company because of the gesture that you made to adopt uh, 10 movies in the Arrow Video Library, which we'll talk about a bit later, <laughs> but I did think that, that that came out of nowhere and was a really pleasant surprise, uh, that, you know, that you, um, at, at the time we were differentiating kind of personal adoptions from business adoptions, mm. and you... Um, Uh, you know had that uh, initiative to do that which Mm. I thought was fantastic Uh, and it uh, got me intrigued into uh, the kind of business that you are running and the unconventional and kind of contemporary approach to it so you're I would say that you're you you say the business is only eight years old Mm. so you really by being um, coming not inheriting the skills or, or mm. the, the business, mm. you really do have a fresh uh, set of eyes. On, on
1: yeah, you do, uh, and but but it's it's a that's, that's why this um, this adoption scheme appealed to me so much because it's actually really difficult to market a funeral company because people do not want to know about you, they until they do. Mm. So um, so this was just a, a sort of benign and kind of um, subtle way of getting the name of the company in front of people. And to be able to have it, what, what I I'd, I'd love it when people have conversations about funerals and d and, they, and they, once they find out what I do, then they you, you start to get these stories. They go, Oh, I went to this funeral once, etc., etc., and I love hearing those stories because you, you kind of hear stories about where things go wrong and you make this mental note, you say, sort of Right, I'm not going to do that then. Or you mm-hmm. hear, really good ideas. And you think, oh, you know, I really, really like that idea. I'm going to, you know, possibly use that at a, at a funeral where, where, where it's appropriate. So this was just a, a, a really subtle way of getting the, the name in front of people and then hopefully for them to start having conversations and to be mm. able to talk frankly about death because we, we don't mm. at the moment. We, we pretend it doesn't happen and mm. um, and you know it, it obviously does because um, you know, we have been doing this for generations. Mm, yeah.
0: mm, mm, mm. So was was there a, when you were getting into the business was there trepidation at all, or were you were you were you just stimulated by the, the the topic and finding more and more about you know the, the the many different roles you would take on as a funeral director? Did you have trepidation about entering into that uh, that world where people don't want to talk about it?
1: Um, yeah. Yeah absolutely. Yeah there were days where I'd be sitting there thinking what do I think I'm doing? But then you then you'd find out about more women around the country who were who were setting up sort of similar country uh, companies and and um so again they were sort of inspirational and also you know actually I got some really superb support from um some there's quite a few kind of new coffin companies who were setting up pretty much at the same time, and they were looking to um, offer the market something different, something you know natural, um, something biodegradable, uh, some good design, and again that sort of set with the sort of contemporary. Let's look at this a different way, and again get families more involved. Um, and so they were—they were a supreme support. And um, just mm. sort of go, go for it, Fiona. You know, you can do it. You can do it. So yeah. the, I really, really appreciated that from them. That was really helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us about the the, the the natural burials and and the the DIY funeral option. I mean, is that something that is uh, I've um, you know, did a little bit of research yeah. into into the um, services you offer and the options. And um, just tell us a bit about. That what is that? Okay. For those that so, don't
1: know, so the the, the natural burial um, concept it's it's been in the states and it's been in the UK for some time. And in the UK they've got I think two hundred and fifty or more established um, natural burial sites. And and um, the US is, is, um, has got got a lot of developed as well. So New Zealand, we we talk about ourselves being this pure hundred percent pure which I, I question and especially when we've just had um, you know interesting debates about our river quality and, and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. um, so New Zealand doesn't actually have a many established uh, natural burial and uh, natural burial um, grave sites around New Zealand but it, it is more and more people are interested in the concept so Wellington had the first one that was established, and it was established by um, a person called Mark Blackham. And uh, uh, he, so the the one at uh, Mackerel Cemetery uh, was um, opened uh, just just over ten years ago now. And so he had been um, lobbying the the city council, just sort of saying, "Hey, what about this?" And they, you know I think for a lot of people, the feeling was that it really wasn't going to catch on, and but the the city council um, you know just sort of set aside part of macro cemetery mm. to be able to um, for for natural burial. Mm. And it, it, the demand for it has has grown and grown and grown. Um, and so the concept is is that the person um, who has died, isn't embalmed, so uh, as far as their body care is concerned, we uh, will do either uh, cool care, where they'll be kept in a refrigerated or a cool environment until the day of the funeral or the burial, or the family might actually just keep them at home and manage them with frozen hot water bottles and mm-hmm. and um, uh, or ice packs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the coffin that they are in has to be uh, obviously biodegradable and um, will generally be wood. I don't know whether anybody's actually just been buried in a, just a shroud. They may have been, I'm not sure. Uh, so, And the person is buried at a shallower depth, so where the soil is uh, more active. And... So the grave can only be a single grave, so there can't be double or triple depth, which you can get um, in the right. other um, more um, traditional contemporary. Uh, um, I didn't know that areas in, mm. yeah, in the in the cemetery, and then uh, the, a tree is planted over the top of the grave site. So the earlier doctors who uh, were buried, say ten years ago, uh, down at Macra, um, are now under. Um, trees which are sort of three or four metres high Mm -hmm. and it it looks like this kind of unusual kind of eclectic Mm. um, collection of bush because there's all sorts of trees that possibly wouldn't normally hang out Mm. together so you've got Kofi and cabbage trees and rimus Mm. and totras and things like that Um, but it's really really well established now that Mm. that section of it and
0: Mm -hmm. And there's no epitaph whatsoever
1: there is a, a biodegradable grave marker And they, I'm not too sure how long they're lasting, but, um, so one of the the things that you kind of need to get around is that we are very used to visiting a a cemetery and standing over a particular plot and kind of, you know, peering down and going, so-and-so is here Mm. because there's a headstone or there's a plaque or there's, Mm. you know, something in cement. Whereas... To actually find the actual plot where the people were buried 10 years ago would actually be probably quite tricky now just Mm. because the trees are so well established. So it's a case of kind of stepping back a bit and just sort of going, my person, I am now gesticulating with my arms outstretched, which Mm. is going to help, um, Mm. is buried in this area. Mm. So there is a little bit of a mind shift. And for Mm. some people... They can't quite deal with that, mm. so it, it's not appropriate for them. But for others, they're going. I like that idea. I mm. like just going back to the earth and, and mm. feeding for sure. a tree. Or for yeah. sure.
0: Mm. So in terms of the uptake or the, I, I know there was a. You, you talked about a. Um, you know there was a. It does require a, a mind shift. Mm. You know uh, because people have preconceptions about how they think funerals should be. Yes. Uh, so, um, what kind of uptake and t- percentage terms of People that are coming to you wanting funerals would would go for something like that.
1: Um, it's the 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 other interesting thing about the the people who who have a natural burial kind of know they want a natural burial. So when the the families will be ringing me up and they'll be going, we want a natural burial. So so they're very very sure about it. Mm. Um. The, the demand is definitely, definitely going up. When it first started, it, it was quite slow, and the 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 um, the feeling was that, you know, it just sort of might not take off. But I think now, and I have asked for the recent official figures, but I think it's up to um, mm-hmm. well, over 200 people are buried there mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So the demand is, is definitely, as people find out, but there are so many people mm-hmm. who don't know anything about it, and... Mm-hmm. Um, so my, well, nobody my mission wants to... is to, mm. you know, sort of let people know. And...
0: I was just going to say nobody wants to go into a restaurant where there's, you know, one or two people. No. You know, no, people...
1: that's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the other <laughs> lovely thing is that, that when you do a burial down there, you know, people will kind of glance around and they'll read the, the grave markers that they know and they'll go, oh, look, so-and-so's here. Oh, so-and-so's mm. here. So mm. there's this kind of club. Mm. Of of Wellington, yeah, it's just um, a comfort conservationists, level. Right, right, or, yeah. or what I call you know eco warriors who have yeah. been, you know, out there uh, doing public plantings. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the people who you know beautified Wellington for us, mm. and they've kind of you know done mm. it again mm. and, and gifted themselves to, to do mm. it again. Which I'm
0: so it's still to. a small percentage of your of, of the funerals that you do. Um, it's
1: definitely growing, yeah. definitely, definitely yeah. growing. Um, what what uh, the the, the, the Percentage in New Zealand at the moment, as far as burial versus cremation, it's about seventy percent cremation, mm-hmm. and part of that I think mm-hmm. is due to cost because it right. is significantly cheaper for a cremation. Right. Okay. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, now I, uh, I I heard a little bit about what you were talking about. Um, you know, through the TED talk that yeah. you did, um, which is. On YouTube, and uh, congratulations! I Thank thought you, you did an excellent job. Thank you. I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't look terrified. <laughs> <I was> <laughs> <bitch-buck>. <laughs> uh, you were um, no, you were very articulate, and uh, uh, and it was a really interesting talk. Thank you. you. Know. So, how did that come about? Uh, getting you know, getting to do a TED talk.
1: Um, so. Someone had a friend of a friend had sort of mentioned uh, that that I might be an interesting applicant, and mm. and I just sort of thought, woo, you know, Ooh. and and at that point it seemed kind of doable, and this was it was, it was going to be you know almost a year later or, or six months later or something. So at that point I'm going, hey, yeah, you know, woo, this would be great, and as I got closer and closer, and especially like sort of. A couple of days before, and, we, and then the day beforehand, we had a, a, a dress rehearsal. And I had kind of learnt it all a bit sort of verbatim. Mm. Which probably, in hindsight, wasn't the best mm. thing to do, but it was just for me. And we weren't allowed a script. We weren't allowed no. any notes. We no, weren't no, allowed no. anything. And so the uh, the the dress rehearsal, and I got sort of part of the way through, and then I kind of ad-libbed. So yeah. I completely lost my sense of thought. And I'm just sitting, yeah. sitting there going, "Oh, okay. Oh, oh." And and you know, and I'm just sort of sitting there completely blank. And then I'm thinking. Okay, so if this happens to me tomorrow, you know, on the, the day of the TED Talk, my plan was going to be I was going to get as fast as, as fast through it as I possibly could. Then I thought, right, well, I'm going to falter. Then I'm going to stand up and I'm going to burst into tears. And I'm going to run off the stage in a hail of expletives, and I'll be the first person
0: <laughs> to have done that. Yeah.
1: And that seemed like a really good plan at the right. time. Oh, and and right. then, and in the morning, in the morning um, before I got there, I was I was. Getting in the shower, and I nearly, uh, really, really just stopped myself from sort of falling on the floor in a big heap. And I was thinking, and as I'm sort of about to fall, I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> yes. And then during the, um, but then I, you know, corrected myself, and I said, like, oh gosh, no, I'm still got to go through with this. And then on the, uh, during the, um, the introduction to the TED talk, they were talking about earthquakes, and, and I hate earthquakes. but I say, bring it on! Right. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so on for the earthquake right, right now. I'm, I'm okay. Right, right,
0: right. right.
1: Um so I then, you know, and luckily managed to get all the way through.
0: Yes. And, faultlessly. And, and,
1: and held myself together and then yeah. afterwards kind of, you know, considered it and I thought, Oh my god, you know, if I had, you know, run off the stage and halo a uh, mm. uh, speech. I would have been on Twitter. I would have been on Facebook. I would have yeah. been on YouTube. I would have failed on you know yeah, so yeah. many social media platforms, and it would have been <laughs> extraordinarily humiliating. So I was yeah. kind of glad. Yeah,
0: whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. TED Talk Wellington or Ted, what they call TEDx, yes, isn't yeah, it? So yeah. it's yeah. kind of like an independently organised yeah. version where yeah. you kind of like borrow the name, yes. but you kind yeah. of organise your own. Yeah. You know, to stimulate yeah. ideas and yeah. so forth. Yeah. Um. So um. So you didn't have an audience of millions.
1: Oh, there were quite a few there were um two or three hundred people just but luckily it was quite right. dark so I couldn't really see anybody. Yeah. The no, lights right. no in I your mean eyes.
0: online though, you know. You, you, know it, 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 you weren't going to the Silicon Valley. No standing no, no, up in no, front
1: but, of but, um Yeah, no the no, Yeah, but but even then, you know, it was just it was again, you sort of sitting there going, Why
0: why did yeah. I think I
1: could do this? Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I thought your technique was really good. You know, as somebody who's still experimenting with podcasting and sort of, you know, there's trials and tribulations and, you know, you're learning all the time. And so I thought that you executed it really well. I I knew that you were far too articulate uh, to have be making it up as you go along. Oh no, no, no! Uh, <laughs> it was um, well and, but, but it was well scripted. But <laughs> yeah. you really um, presented it as if you were making it up as you're going along. So you well, you I, d- I kind it. of
1: practiced some yeah, of those exactly. things. But, but then so I... it
0: becomes about performing the script, yeah, to make it yeah. feel yeah. Yeah. Uh, natural, and you but, did it really well. But
1: I spoke to a, a friend of my mother, contemporary of my mother's, actually, who is a um, a speech therapist, and she said, "Oh, it sounded a little bit contrived. It sounded <laughs> I'm just a to bugger." <laughs> but the other the other great thing uh, the the two um, people who were uh, leading us through this process of the TED Talk we, we were having rehearsals and and um, meeting up in a secret place because this was uh, the, it was the, the um, venue was secret and we, you know we, were, we couldn't tell anybody we were doing it and part of the way through they sort of said Fiona how, why don't you sit down? to do this wouldn't that be something a bit different and I'm thinking yes that's one less thing to worry about you know standing so all I have to do is breathe and talk <laughs> I don't need to worry about standing as well so yeah, I'm I really it was, happy it was
0: the first seated TED talk that I've ever seen <laughs> now that you mention it
1: <laughs> i was so pleased <laughs> yep
0: Um, But I couldn't help but think when I was watching it that you are actually um, a really good storyteller and you're interested in stories, again, through our um, meetings before, you Mm. know, talking about, um, you know, uh, what you do and your relation to adopting movies and stuff. And um, and, uh, there was, I thought, you were talking about your skill set before, how Mm. you thought you brought uh, the skills that would be, Suitable for this job, mm. and one of those is as an orator. I would mm. imagine. So, is it se- uh, being a celebrant? Is that part of the job? Is it a big part? No, do- no. no. So,
1: so generally, uh, I will for a family. So, so I, I encourage families where possible if they've got um, like their skill set within their family to, for them to actually lead the service themselves. Um, there are some fantastic celebrants in Wellington who, for a family who don't have the wherewithal to be able to lead a service, and they and they need somebody to do it for them, and that might be their minister, or it might be you know a, a, a celebrant, or or. Um, so, I, I'm the person who's kind of waving their arms around as you saw when I saw you at the funeral, um, just sort of putting everybody else out there basically so mm. i i kind of feel like i nobody should kind of be aware that i'm in a funny of way. Like, yeah i'm just sort of <laughs> i'd like to be sort of a bit behind the scenes and just mm. sort of tap everybody mm-hmm. else out there and go does right that on.
0: mean you never do the, the the celebrants role
1: um i've done very, very sort of minute bits in a very, very confined mm. space with a with a, with a family, and it's all sort of very private. And mm. and it's just basically just to sort of start them off in a way.
0: Right. Yeah. So in my experience with uh, you know going to funerals, you know, people are close to me, and uh, and um, you know talking to the celebrant afterwards, and um, I've uh, uh, I was I was thinking about yeah, what what your the role of a funeral director is, and how it would be to have a job like that. And I, so is the, um, um the you know the clients that you get are grieving, mm. you know, and mm. uh, and is there a, um, that division between the celebrant's job and yours as the funeral director? Mm. Is, is are, are they both as intimate as as each other in terms of their contact with the client, or are you a little bit more um, business-like in your um, op- operation?
1: I, I, I think that, that the celebrant will be spending the time with the family and they will be getting stories. So the, so they will be have a bit more of a kind of a personal interaction. But then I tend to get the stories from the families as well because I ask mm. for them, mm. because I want to be able to... To understand the person and understand their connection, and mm. you know, and then from those sort of little you know, conversations, then you can you hope that then you can tease out something that that and, a, and make a suggestion that will make the funeral personal. Definitely. Uh, so it's like, you know, for example, one gentleman who who died and apparently used to um, eat black bull sweet. I think he, he'd stopped smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and had turned to sort of black ball sweets instead. And they said, you know, he, you know, he was smelt of them and he was always, you know, they were always around him. And I said, well, how about we just get a great big, huge bowl of them and as people can come up to the coffin, because I always like people to have an interaction with the coffin rather than hanging right at the back and kind of looking at this, this box, mm-hmm. you know, that they're not related to or, you know, don't feel like they have a connection with. And so they came up and they sort of, Grab some of these black sweets, put some of them on the coffin, and then grabbed another handful and stuff them in their mouths and sort of. So and, and so, you right. know, I like to try and engage all the senses so that mm. you know, for me, sort of ticked off the taste and possibly mm. some of the smell as well. Mm. Uh, another uh, family uh, apparently, the person these are all, all sweet related, um, really loves scorched almonds. So we had. It was oh, there were about sort of ninety to hundred people at the funeral, so we had five or six boxes of, stor- of scorched almonds going around the room, and you could hear the rustling and it mm. <laughs> was that in the background and people. And I, and mm. I just I yeah. really like that just to be able to, and they, they can be just little tiny, tiny little elements, but they're quite memorable elements. Mm. Oh, and so,
0: mm. so yeah, yeah.
1: yeah the, the relationship, the the celebrant and the and the funeral director can be quite different, but as far as I'm concerned anyone that I engage to help me with a funeral, whether it's a, a technician because we're filming it or whether it's the organist or uh, you know, as we've just said the celebrant, we are all absolutely part of a team and it's really really important that you know we do our best to help that family through their through, the, through that particular day or a, or a series of days, so and, and that also includes the cemetery staff and the, mm. the crematorium staff. Mm. It's really important to me that mm. you know everybody is, mm. has you know will look the family in the eye and mm. shake their hand and, and mm. be part of it. For
0: sure. Mm. So it is a lot of it is about logistics, yep. you, you know, essentially, and then adding that personal and the finesse to yep. it, to make it uh, memorable and 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 to give. Um, uh, give value, I guess, to, mm. the, to the people that
1: are... Um, you know. Generally, um, but a lot of the times for the family, it is a bit of a blur. The day is a blur. Mm. So, so I always encourage, I, I do, as a matter of course, for, for most of the funerals, I will do a audio recording. So then they can, and I sort of say, and you can listen to it like a podcast afterwards. Mm. Um, rather than a, uh, a, audio, a, a video of the funeral, I do have someone who does... Um, who, in wellington who who does a fantastic job at making funerals a, f- a fairly static event you know people are seated and then someone will stand up and talk and then they'll sit down and mm. so but he has you know three or four camera angles and he edits yeah. it absolutely oh. amazing me and, sure. and, and a funeral has a bit of an energy for sure. but what i do tend to do i'm um, you know uh, appreciate that for some families they're just just I was always warn a family to try and be present, try and just forget about Auntie Ethel, or you know you might be having some issues with you know, the colour of the coffin or something like that. Mm. Just be try and be present. Just be be part of it. Mm. Um, and so by doing the audio recording, it, it gives them something to listen to later because you hope that someone says something particularly pithy that you know mm. is, is, is inspiring about that person. And then also I also encourage them to take photographs because we we. Weddings, you know, we take photographs and mm. christenings and, and birthdays and things like that. And at funerals, we're, we're a bit reticent because either mm. we feel we're not allowed to, mm. um, but I just say, yeah, yeah sure, sure, or, you know, you be subtle. Mm. Um, but it's good just to have that and to try and capture some of the details and, you know, especially mm. at the aftermatch. Mm-hmm. and you know, get the con- You see the people in deep conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Just thinking about the, the, you know, you've been in the business for eight years and and the, the you know, the. Uh, You went at it with relish, but, you know, the steep learning curve, Mm. learning on the job and Mm. getting that experience, Mm. you must have stumbled once or twice. I mean, are there any things that you found difficult to, you know, that were slightly outside your skill set or were slightly um, um, surprising to you about doing this job?
1: Well, Well, I was really lucky in that I did have a year's experience at one of the other funeral homes in Wellington, and I learnt... A lot, mm. an awful lot. Um, so it was a yeah. really, really good environment to be able to 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 learn. Uh, you know, the, the about the administration and the paperwork, and um. But again, it, it just it, yeah, every single day, every single funeral will be different. There's, this, there's some things which are, you know, the, the, the forms that you need to fill in and things like that are pretty formulaic. The registration with first-death marriages, the, hmm. you know, these are, and you, you know, I set up templates and I try to make things as easy as I possibly can for myself. Surprise myself sometimes with how organised I am, hmm. you know, which is, which is very pleasant. You go, hmm. oh, I've already done that. And all. Hmm. Uh, but again, uh, so, you know, I can, I can, well, there's some, some companies have designed these great click-together coffins. So, you know, I find myself, you know, I'll be constructing a coffin or and then I'll be trimming a coffin and then I'll be um, designing a service sheet. Um, uh, I'll be, um, you know, doing doing the sort of uh, administration side. I'll be doing my invoicing. Designing I'll be doing a poster my for a Doctor Movie. Yeah, yeah, your posters yeah. for it. Yeah, are you and, quite a I'll dab
0: hand on Photoshop, eh? are uh, you? No, no, Photoshop. No. Oh, Photoshop. Okay. But no, no. I, no okay. it can probably
1: right. use about 0.3 percent okay. of its capability. All right, you're not Superwoman. in design. Okay, in design, I'm. Oh, in design, uh, but uh, probably only about five percent. Well, of I, I meant
0: Photoshop <laughs> in a kind of a, you know, generic sense, not the specific I program.
1: Was, I was, I was really, really <laughs> lucky that my uh, my father was a, um, a graphic designer. Right. Or an art. So director. you are superwoman. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, working on it. <laughs> Good, <laughs> working on it. Excellent. So he he gave we, we used to yeah we used to sit together and, and critique uh, advertisements on television, oh and we'd talk about fonts and we'd talk oh, about cool. and, and he used to use Letraset, which I just used to adore. So yeah. and and my love was just sort of flicking through the Letraset right. catalogue and you know right. knowing my fonts and things like that. So
0: that's why you've designed a pretty sexy poster. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, well done. Um. Very good. So, um, but you've uh, you know apparently been criticised as a as a change agent in the industry. <laughs> you know, you're a bit of a disruptor. Who is this? Who does this person think she is? And and yeah. like, where does that come from? And what kind of um, impact has that had?
1: Um, well, I, I I felt it was a huge compliment. It was meant to be a criticism, and I just walked away with a huge smile on my face. Thinking, yes. All right. <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating or i find it an absolutely fascinating industry and and it is absolutely evolving and uh, there is some really really interesting uh, there's a particularly interesting woman um, called Caitlin Doherty who has written a couple of, she's, she's American and she's got this sort of kind of goth look about her but she has a fantastic YouTube um, channel and she's uh, Order of the Good Death is her website and uh, she, Ask a Mortician and she has amazing um, sort of short sort of 7-8 minute videos that she does but all huge range of subjects about the industry mm. and so she's just again she's getting that conversation out there she's sort of you know um, answering some of those questions that, that we kind of want to ask mm. um, so it, it is there is definitely a change but kind of ironically we're kind of stepping back in a way to doing what we used to do it's about having that, that ability to so m- more people are going through the hospice system which and, and hospice have been just amazing at helping families to keep their loved one at home and to give them the support that they need to be able to see them through that process and once a family's been doing all, all that and that personal cares they transition just um, so almost effortlessly into then taking care of the funeral arrangements. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I will just get families to say, look, we just need these elements from you. And i go, sure, absolutely, mm-hmm. and we'll guide them through it. Mm-hmm. And, and guide them in such a way that uh, make sure they don't make mistakes because if people stuff it up, then... You know, we might have this freedom taken away from us. I don't think we will, but mm. um so it is about kind of getting it right. So it mm. it, it it is evolving, it is changing, mm. um, but it, it'll, it'll depend entirely on the circumstances of the family. And the most important thing you know, for for a family led funeral is that the family's got to be on the same page.
0: Mm. I would imagine they would come to a company like yours though, because they. Um you know either through word of mouth yep. or they get a feel for the kind of thing you're doing, like the yes. natural funerals yeah. and so, so I, forth, so I would imagine you would have a certain type of client by and large that knows what they're in for
1: yes yes and and that's again why uh, adopting a movie work quite well because it's your kind of your client mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um sort of similar demographic mm-hmm. i think it's yeah. it's people who are um, yeah, might, but, might not do things as, uh, yeah. as everybody else does sure, yeah. sure yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I guess another thing that stru- struck me about you when you were coming in and adop- adopting movies and renting movies and so forth was that uh, you know you were uh, um, no one would ever guess you know your occupation.
1: Uh, Do I don't get that. Uh, get that uh,
0: but it's more like you have quite a sunny disposition, <laughs> oh, oh. and I just kind of imagining what the atmosphere is like in the office. Is it? A, it seems to me you know that funerals by necessity, uh, you know, the, 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 the business of them is a serious business. You know, so how, how do you, uh, you know, is it a serious office to work in?
1: No, no. well, the, the office is me mainly. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so am I serious? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, really? So it's a one-woman band? It is. Is that uh, right? Yeah, but okay. I
1: pull in all the people that I need as I need right, them. Okay. So and that that works uh, quite well okay. in Wellington because you know right. we've got some you know, so you know the, the video recorder and celebrations mm. and all that kind of thing.
0: So if that's the case, then you would have to turn down certain jobs occasionally. You I do. Are yes, I do. up.
1: Yes. Right. Yes, which is frustrating.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's time to recruit some more people.
1: Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, fascinating role. Please call me. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs>
0: um uh, a a tricky thing to uh you know a tricky job to fill uh, you know to get people that you know you wouldn't trust with you know
1: it, yeah I, I it does are you have you got your radar out all the time looking for people absolutely absolutely okay. um it's it's a it's a role which is 24/7 yeah and so you've got to be used to you know having yeah. your phone at your side all the time um yeah. and and being able to but you know you mm. you Get phone calls when you're in the middle of the supermarket, and someone yeah. just said, "You know, my wife's just died," and yeah. you have to sort of, well, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, give a, a, a proper, as you should, yes. response. sure. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. To yeah. sort of get out of the piped music that's yeah. in the background.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Um, but you obviously love it. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. really do. Yeah. And
1: and the, the the there are days which are just so rewarding. And mm. and the rewarding days are when you've when you've worked with a family and you've kind of given them permission to do what they need to do because most of the time they're mm. all you know, oh, can mm. we do this? Can we do that? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah go on off, you go, yeah, yeah, fine. And and that's they there's this sort of old It was really strange, but they sort of had this old sense of satisfaction afterwards. Yeah. Um, and you'll get things like, "Oh, you made it so much easier than we thought it was going to be." Yeah. Um, yeah, we've actually had some fun, and yeah. but yeah, that'll be certain families who've had, who, you know, somebody's died in certain circumstances. So again, every yeah. family has a has a different take. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I do, I, yeah. I, and I love it when I, you get your poster families who kind of you know, run with it and go, oh, you know, we've decided to do this and we're decorating the coffin and we're bringing it home and we're going to squeeze it into our car and we're going to do this and you just like, yes, brilliant, mm. fantastic, mm, really good. Mm,
0: mm. Nice. Shall we talk movies? Yes, 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 yes. So um, um, you've adopted ten films uh-huh. and we have eight of them in front of us. Um, looks like Four Weddings and a Funeral's out. We don't really need to talk about Four Weddings and a Funeral. Everybody knows that one. Um... Unless you wanted to,
1: well, there, there, there is—it's uh, the most obvious of all the ones I think. Mm-hmm. I think that I chose, um, mm. and I was really pleased that it was available, actually. But mm. there is, there's just that one scene that always, always, always captivates me mm-hmm. when the uh, partner of the deceased is talking about stop the clocks and you know and it and it, you know, became um, you know, a lot of people sort of started having it at that funeral. Mm. And I just think it's just so beautifully delivered and it's just mm. that moment where, you know, everybody's just sitting there like a stunned mullet, just mm. just for that moment um and and i think a a really good funeral needs to have a bit of a rhythm it needs to have a you know mm. there should be moments where you're pissing yourself laughing mm. you know and there, and because that's a huge release because you're sitting mm. there in a highly emotional for sure. state for an awfully long time mm. um but then there should be the moments where mm. you just want to burst into tears and feel really really sad that this person has mm. gone mm. so i like it when a funeral has a sort of not a mm. roller coaster but i like mm. it when there's a Mm. Yeah, you know, sort of There are there emotions. are
0: beautiful moments in that film. Mm. I mean I can't remember that particular one. Obviously mm. that's something mm. you know you're laser focused on there. Yeah. But um I do remember the the, the the beautiful way that the I think the first wedding is orchestrated mm. where, the, where, the, uh, where the the uh the ring is missing or oh, something right, like that. Yeah, it, yeah. And just the way they intercut the faces that are mm. all reacting to the situation is is fantastic. And uh, yeah, I I do like that film. But anyway, it's already on the record. Uh, I um, so what we do, what we did on our holiday, I know was the last one that you uh, you adopted because um, Harold and Maude, the classic, was not available. Yes. That was the only one we couldn't oblige you with yes. because a certain person. Had yes. already adopted it.
1: Yes, well, who you can name.
0: <laughs> Taika Waititi, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> um, and you. Uh, and Harold and Mort is a,
1: is, a, is, a, is a quite off-the-wall... It, it is. is that is would be the, the black sheep bit, of yeah, the choices, yeah, 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 wouldn't it? And, and of I was uh, kind of wondering about it, but I thought, hey, you know, whatever, hmm. you know, try and put it out anyway.
0: You, you know, could push if, the boundaries even oh, further yeah, if <laughs> you wanted to. There's plenty of scope for that. But no, most of these are very uh, uh, mostly tasteful. But you know, some yeah. of them are pretty. You know, got nice black humour in them. Yeah. But um, that one, you, you've seen what we what did, we did our on holiday, our holiday. Yeah. and that
1: was just on television recently. Yeah, actually, yeah, again, yeah. and and I got to, and um, what I loved about that one was the end where they have the sort of Kaylee on the edge of a cliff, and the the energy as the 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 fiddles are playing and they're dancing and they're singing and it is just so i mean the family have been through actually quite a sort of questionable time mm. i mean these children mm. who have you know set fire to their grandfather yeah. it's not a good look <laughs> you know It's just kind of mm, they very nat- kind of, natural well, funeral kind, well, of kind of got let off lightly mm. um but but i just it, it, i love that that, and it's, sometimes it's what, is what a funeral needs at the end, that, that, mm. that be able to sort of release that energy, to be able mm. to shift your weight. And, and I mm. just, I, I love the mm. ending of that movie and mm. I kind of wish more funerals would the ending.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it surprised it really me as upbeat. well. I mean, it's another, um, you know, British comedy from the same stable, really, as, as Four Weddings and a Funeral. And mm. uh, um, the... Um, What struck me about the film was the connection between the older generation and the youngest generation and Mm. the middle generation, the Mm. parents are kind of uh, the villains of the piece in some ways. But but
1: then they're also caught up in their their marital split in their relationship, so they're actually a bit distant. Yes. But I just want to say, as a sort of health warning, people, do not burn your grandfather
0: yourself sure
1: not in a crematorium thank, thank, thank you, you for you. that yes it's important that we have
0: these <laughs> yeah. um to take responsibility mm. um so um bernie's another um yeah very that's, that's uh entertaining left film yes. left field um jack black and shirley mclean yeah matthew mcconaughey yeah um i guess i mean it's richard linklater who's made some wonderful films um and this one, of course, you know the the conceit of how it was constructed, yeah. The yeah. the uh, integrating um, actors with the actual eyewitnesses mm. from the uh, from the real event on yeah. which it's based. Yeah. So it's a beautiful integration of almost documentary and. I like I, did, I
1: did find that one quite unsettling. Right. Yeah. It, um. It, very very watchable. But mm. but the, you're just sort of watching it. Yeah. That, yeah, and and I'm not a huge fan of Jack Black yeah, so sure. So yeah. so sort of slightly through gritted teeth. But actually, I think yeah. he did really well. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's all right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I haven't seen Get Low. Have you seen um, that
1: one? I saw it years and years ago, and I know that it is kind of Western, and it's it's um, yeah.
0: It almost looks Amish. Mm. I haven't uh, seen it, yep. so no, I, It was I, it was an interesting one. Yeah. Um,
1: but the one you haven't got there, which yes. I absolutely adored, was Departures.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: So that was a movie that I ended up, oh, I can't remember, uh, uh, I might have seen it at a um, film festival mm. or something. And it, it
0: would have been kind of at the right time it, for yeah, when you yeah, were, you were yeah. starting so, so the business. Yeah,
1: exactly. So again, that was mm. another fantastic uh, kind of inspiration. Yeah. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous story about uh, a person, uh, a gentleman who's looking for a new job, thinks he's working, going to apply for a job with a travel agent, and which kind of, which actually sometimes that's what I get described as. So when I'm meeting with a family, I'll be having a conversation with them, we'll be arranging the funeral, and and with, you know, getting a bit more relaxed with each other and then someone else will walk into the room and then they'll go, oh, this is Fiona, she's the... And they don't want to say funeral director. It's just because it's all a bit too final or it's all a bit, oh, I don't look like one or something like that. (laughs) And then and they'll go, she's the... And then sometimes I just go, travel agent... And they go, yes, she's the travel agent. <laughs> and it just yeah. sort of, you know, just sort of dissipates. Nice. You know, it just sort of helps people just kind yeah. of, you know, relax a Yeah, no, no, little bit no. More. travelling is a nice so, euphemism. Yeah, yeah, mm. it, it is, it is. And mm. I'm, I'm wary of euphemisms. I'm mm. a bit sort of upfront about, you know, people mm. sort of talked about passed away or lost yeah, or yeah. something like that. I mm. just said, well, they've died. Mm. Um, mm. But departures, what absolutely captivated me about that one was how... Um, how fantastic they were about uh, dressing the person um, with such finesse and such style, sort of under uh, under their robe. It was just it was just so beautifully, beautifully done, and oh. it, it made me feel extraordinarily clumsy. And by right. comparison so yeah, it was, sure. it was like oh yeah that could
0: yeah. be the pinnacle yeah yeah and I think uh um, people flocked to that film it, it, it was a big success mm. um uh you know for much, bit
1: much cello I thought I got a bit bored with the cello there, there was it, it did
0: <laughs> err, err on the sentimental side mm-hmm. for my taste mm-hmm. you know it was uh, it was a little it laid a little bit on thick yeah possibly yep. the cello yeah um it was yep. sort of a little bit yeah it was almost like a kind of a guns and roses music video mm. at times mm. yeah um but um but I think people did were really inspired by that film mm. uh, to um not only i think for a lot of people it was the first time they'd seen a Japanese film mm. you know and it is it has all of those ticks all those boxes mm. as well as being yeah a a um a very sort of uh, reverent but um uh progressive look at death,
1: yeah. Yep.
0: Mm. so is there anything else uh, death at a funeral again another British comedy that, are you familiar that with that one not, I haven't uh, seen is that. Is that the American version no it's the, Brit- it's the British the British
1: one, one. Yeah, and uh, I think I've seen both I definitely think preferred the yeah yeah just just that yeah. kind of you know asking just uh, the, the black humor and and there is but behind the scenes there is quite a lot of black humour in the hmm. industry because you you kind of have to. Hmm. And it, and it's the same uh, hmm. you know, with the police force and, hmm. and nursing staff and, yeah, of and course it mortuary is. staff. And, you, right. know, they, you know, you do yeah. have do Well, have they don't it. really have
0: options to have just just humour. No. It is by virtue black humour. Yes, yeah, yeah. It is so you've got no option.
1: No, that's right. Yeah, just not really, just sort of grey, whitish humour. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was going to say white humour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: The um, it did remind me. There's a couple of scenes from films I have to tell you about Mm. um, to do with funerals that stick in my mind. Um, One is in a a film called Amazon Women on the Moon, which is a uh, like a skit movie. So it's uh, the the skits are quite long; like they might be five or ten minutes long, but there might be you know ten or twelve of them in the film. It's a bit like the Naked Gun, or um, you know, from that. I think it's late '80s. And there's this hilarious skit in it, which is um, a funeral uh, where um, it's um, constructed as a game show, mm-hmm. uh, or or a kind of where you have old-time comedians. Yeah. Um, I guess it's like a roast. Yeah. yeah. So they've, they've got a panel of three that will stand up and deliberately get laughs. And at that, I mean, I guess the roast has kind of taken over from that, but you're not talking about a dead person in mm. that particular case. Really funny. Mm. Recommend it. In fact, the whole film is good. Uh, recently, um, I, only a month ago, I saw the French film called Lost in Paris.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Which yes, is yeah, a...
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and do you remember the funeral scene in that, where the, no, the vagrant character, who hardly speaks in the film at all, um, attends this funeral because he's... Um, he's befriends the main woman in the film oh, who's a visitor from Canada yes she yeah. is going to a funeral who she thinks is her
1: right yes, her yes. Aunt. yes. Actually, yes. Actually, I should I should add this to my, my adopter. Oh, <laughs> right deal done and it's add, just yeah. brilliant yeah, yeah just
0: just um, yeah. Uh, I guess it's a three or four minute monologue yeah. uh, that this guy improvises yeah. and he doesn't know this person from a tin of beans or from a from a Bar of soap, mm.
1: but the but the yeah. French can do that fast so spectacularly. Yeah, no, they do. They, they yeah. do it so, very, um, very well. That
0: mm. was one of many scenes that were great, but mm. that was the funereal mm. part of the film. Um, so um, we've got another French film here called Granny's Funeral. I know you rented that quite recently, yes, as I part did. of your yes, as your, part, your, 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 yes, because uh, yes, it had um, been it had
1: been recommended. Yes. Um, well, but I I lived in France for about six years, so mm. I found it found that yeah quite quite interesting. Mm. Um, it didn't
0: get great reviews, so you can say what you like about it. It's um, all right.
1: It, I mean, it was sort of a typically French kind of sort of lightweight farcical mm. movie yep. again, but yep. that involved death.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it
1: wasn't wasn't life changing.
0: There is does the New Zealand film carry me back? Remember that one? No, I don't they, know and that they one. Hand, It's a... It's kind of our weekend at Burnie's, where they, right. ha- they have to carry the body back on the, on the top of a, a car right. on the Picton Ferry. Um, right. Yeah, back, back in, uh, in fact, it was produced by one of our podcast guests. Uh, podcast nerds will observe. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, plots for the View. It's popular. People yeah. like it a lot. Haven't yeah. seen it. Um, yeah. Same with making Ned divine. I've yeah. not seen so, these movies. I feel this is a very low hit rate for me. <laughs> well, um, need to do I need to brush up on you my do. death movies. You do. You do. You do. Yeah. And and
1: and, it, and it, you know, I'm, I'm pleased they're out there because they make people have those conversations. But what I will say about how I, I have issue with how. Um, death can be portrayed in movies or on television programs, in that it can be rather romanticized, and you can end up with this very sort of serene, kind of beautifully managed death, and the person at the end of it just looks absolutely beautiful, and their eyes are closed, and their mouths are closed, and 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 people have this sort of, you know, oh. I think odd perception. Unfortunately. It's not like that very often. You're lowering
0: and, those expectations uh, for yeah, our listeners, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Sad,
1: sadly I am. Um, and that, you know, the the, the the actor will be kind of lying there and they're just basically people with... They're, they're, there will still be a life force going through them. They'll be holding their breath, but you know, the lighting will be great and they'll look really good. And unfortunately, you know, we... we don't usually look like that mm. Well, we can do. Yeah, people cannot. But so I, th- I think again, we, we we have this perception that that after death, you know, people should look absolutely beautiful, mm. and then they can be mm. rather shocked mm. when they're not. Yeah. And but that is what death mm. is about, mm. sadly.
0: Mm. So that the um, the embalming and the makeup—that's another um, job that you would. Uh, you would outsource absolutely, yes, absolutely.
1: Indeed. So there are some yeah. you know, extraordinarily skilled people out there who provide that service, mm-hmm. and I am not anti it in, mm-hmm. in any way. It absolutely serves a purpose, um, mm-hmm. but some families who have maybe done a little bit more research or have just decided that that's not what they want for their person, um, you know, there there are other ways of of looking after the body.
0: Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Now, I—it's uh, been a really good chat. Uh, I just wanted to end with my my one-liner, if you'll if you'll allow me. Mm. Funeral is an anagram of real fun, and it's been real fun talking to you, as I expected, Fiona. Thank you very much for oh, coming. Thank you, Andy. Can podcast? I use
1: that on my next ad? <laughs> you,
0: you certainly can if it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah,
1: I may, may well do. No, look, I re- really appreciate it. It's uh, it's uh, been a very very good opportunity, and um, maybe get a few more of the ones that you have uh, suggested, uh, and
0: I yeah. might be adopting sh- sh- some more. Sounds wonderful. Thanks okay. again. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for listening, I hope you enjoyed that. And remember you can support us by adopting a movie for yourself or someone you know through our website and you can even adopt a movie through our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash rovideo where you can do that on a month-by-month basis. Through Patreon you can also get the best value from our services while you support us. So for a US $25 per month you can have unlimited access to our entire library of 25,000 rental films or for just 7.50 US that's about 11 New Zealand dollars per month you can rent two new releases in store per month. And we also have another option that's getting more popular for home delivery customers where for a US 14.50 per month you receive two guaranteed quality mystery movies from the Auro Video recommended playlist. Finally, I invite you to register your feedback about what you've heard on Facebook or SoundCloud in particular and uh, you can subscribe to the podcast for automatic updates through your preferred podcast app. Until next time, kakite ano.